Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Get driven. Stay driven. Roundup here on the Totally Driven Radio Network. I am your host, the comic book cowboy himself, the Maverick. And for the next hour or so, we've got lots of great comic book news. Uh, We have a guest this week. Princess Maria will be back talking about Dance Class, Volume 3, African Folk Dance Fever. She'll be giving us her review on that series as part of our ongoing review series. Uh, We've also got six new comics I read this week that I think you would be interested in or might be interested in in the six-shooter. So we get all that and a lot more, so let's jump into the news. Okay, both Marvel and DC Comics this week pulled back the veil on some of their top-secret free comic book day projects that they're working on. Over in DC Comics, they announced that Their top secret title is going to be the Wonder Woman Free Comic Book Day 2017 Special. A book written by Greg Gott will be doing the art, and it looks like it's a reprint of a story they did um, a few years back. A very popular Wonder Woman tale. Not sure why they decided to choose that, outside of the fact that we're heading into the Wonder Woman movie. Maybe they wanted to kind of put their best foot forward and see one of the better Wonder Woman comics of recent times, but uh, not really sure. There was not a lot of information given about that. And then one of their other titles that were top secret, DC Superhero Girls, free comic book day 2017 special edition. And that's going to feature an excerpt from their upcoming Superhero Girl graphic graphic novel, Superhero Girl Special Olympus. So Girl Power and Wonder Woman seem to be leading the charge for DC Comics this summer at Free Comic Book Day. DC Superhero Girls has been a very, very popular initiative. I keep saying we should do a show on it, but I really need to get around to that. Um, It's uh, products and comics and movies and online videos and a whole nine yards. It's doing big business for Mattel, getting girls into superheroes. There's even Legos now. And everything is better with Legos. Marvel, uh, they pulled back, uh, well, they unveiled their mystery project, and it's going to be a flip book of two books that we briefly talked about in the previous weeks here. All new Guardians of the Galaxies and Defenders are going to share the headline on this one. You're going to get previews of both new series, the all new Guardians of the Galaxy, which gives you a lineup very similar to the sequel of Guardians of the Galaxy. The comic book lineup has been a little different as of late. They've had a handful of other characters uh, 
involved in it, but this one's going to see Star-Lord and Groot and Rocket, Gamora and Drax as the leads. And uh, I imagine it's going to have some closer continuity to the movie, although it won't be straight out of the movie continuity. Uh, Nobody seems to be doing that, but I think they wanted to have something so when people see this movie and they come looking for it in a comic book form, they can find some sort of it, which is a smart idea. And the Defenders book will feature the new Defenders as they're going to be seen on the Netflix series, not the classic (laughs) Defenders of Hulk and Submariner and all that. Um, It's going to be Daredevil and Jessica Jones are going to be on the cover and leading the charge of that book. So both companies using their uh, movie and TV franchises to try to get new readers into their comic book world. Free comic book day, of course, is May the 6th this year. Uh, check your local comic store to see if they are participating in Free Comic Book Day. I'll be appearing at the Comic Universe in Folsom, Pennsylvania that day as a part of Free Comic Book Day. We're going to be having some fun up there. And it's uh, coming soon, and we're probably going to have a whole lot more information about that as it goes, as it comes closer, I should say. All right. Sony has announced that Miles Morales will be the focus of the upcoming Spider-Man animated film. The film is going to be in theaters, and it's due December 18, 2018. Now, I just made mention of this last week, that he was rumored to be in one of the Spider-Man movies, and now it's confirmed that his story is going to be the one they tell when Sony does the animated full-length Spider-Man movie. So... Interesting. Um, Not sure how, if it's going to be an alternate universe tale or they're going to try to weave it into the Marvel Spider-Man continuity. There's not a lot of information on it yet. But, you know, uh, Miles Morales is getting his chance to go into the big screen. Uh, Good news for fans of his. Over in the world of DC Comics, Batman will be teaming up with the legendary pulp hero, The Shadow, this April in a limited series, and it'll be written by Scott Snyder and Steve Orlando. Uh, Not the first time Batman and The Shadow have teamed up. Obviously, if you're a Batman historian, you know The Shadow was a big influence on the Batman character and the creation of the Batman character. Uh, They've teamed up in the past. Uh, This one's being written by Scott Snyder, who's been doing a great job writing All-Star Batman currently. He had a really acclaimed run on Batman, so it'll be interesting to see what he does in that cross-promoted book between Dynamite Entertainment and DC Comics. Set your DVR March 21st is the official air date of the Flash, of the beginning of the Flash Supergirl crossover on the CW Network. Uh, mentioned this last week, uh, those Actors, uh, Grant Gustan and Melissa Benoist, came from Glee. They both have some singing chops. Uh, they also released a list of who on the show will be having performance, uh, singing performances on the show. Um, they're using the Music Meister from Batman the Brave and Bold as the catalyst to that, I imagine. So it's going to be interesting to see. It looks like it's going to be done similar to how they've done the Invasion storyline, where it will begin in Supergirl and carry over to The Flash. So look out for that in March. It's going to be a fun episode for sure. NBC is developing a new comic book series, a new version 
live-action adaption of Witchblade. This, of course, is the second time that Witchblade has been developed as a live-action series. Yancey Butler starred in the original that ran from 2000 to 2002 on TNT, I believe was the network. Uh, interesting show. I enjoyed it when it was on. It's going to be interesting to see where they go with it. I don't know that Witchblade has been uh, as popular and prominent as she has been, but um, she's getting another go at a series. Not a lot of word on that yet since it's just in development. So if it gets picked up and gets closer, we'll definitely talk more about it. Fans of the old WB series Charmed, rejoice because Piper, Phoebe, and Paige will be back in an all-new comic series from Dynamite Entertainment. Issue 1 is scheduled to ship March 8th, and the series will feature both photo and comic book art covers. The show is being considered, even though it's not official, it's being considered as the next season in the Charmed story. So it picks right up after the series left off from uh, what I can tell. Uh, if you're a fan of that series, it's definitely going to be uh, something to check out uh, in comic book form. And it has confirmed that it will be Piper Phoebe and Paige who uh, has not been ruled out to appear, even though she's dead in the TV series. Uh, there's always the magic of comics in which we all know only Uncle Ben stays dead in comics. We can't even use Bucky for that anymore. It used to be Uncle Ben and Bucky. All right, we're getting a lot more info and promos about the upcoming NBC series Powerless. Uh, the show's been completely revamped since it was announced, and since it was in pilot form, they reshot the pilot and they restructured the show. It's now about a research and development team who create products to protect regular people in the DC universe. There's still going to be some superhero action. I heard Crimson Fox was in the original pilot. I imagine it looks like the, that character will be appearing again because you see some sort of superhero battle, and it looked like the Crimson Fox, who's an obscure C-list DC hero, um, will be appearing in that show. Uh, there is some connections to the mainstream DC universe right off the bat as Alan Tudyk plays Van Wayne, Bruce Wayne's much shallower cousin. Uh, the show is set to debut February 2nd, and we'll be taking a long look at that. As we go, it uh, looks like it's going to be a comedy. Not really sure what to make of it. Vanessa Hudgens is uh, also a star on the show. And we will see what happens when it debuts on February the 2nd. So that about does it for the news. We're going to take a commercial break. And when we come back, Princess Maria will be here with Dancer Reads Dance Class. Looking at Dance Class Volume 3, African Folk Dance Fever. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. Attention business owners, website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right. You can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap. It's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com. To keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. 
handwritten on 8.5 inch by 11 inch aged parchment paper and using smudge free ink to produce original high quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detectives quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash letters from homes. For $5 today, you can buy a wealth of things. Gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza. $5 still takes you a long ways. But did you know that $5 can buy your child a bag of heroin in the streets? That's right. For only $5, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lies. Be aware of the stealing. Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. $5. This message was brought to you by Casey's Cause, a group of parents located in southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember, $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause, www.caseyscause.com. Looking for that perfect gift for your girlfriend? Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to teddyscares.com. And be sure to become our friends at facebook.com slash teddyscares. Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our store is voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable is filmed in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our Wacky Stores page on Facebook. Howdy heroes, welcome back to Mavericks Comic Roundup, episode 15 here on the Totally Driven Radio Network. I am your host, the Maverick, and I do thank you for tuning in this week. And it is time to talk about novel series Dance Class. And joining us to talk about it, of course, Princess Maria. Welcome back to the show, Princess. Hi, thank you for having me. Uh, always, always a pleasure. So... Issue 3, or Volume 3, as it were, African Folk Dance Fever. Now, we jumped out of line a little bit and did Christmas the last time you were on, but now we're back on track and going into numerical order. And this one's all about African folk dancing? It is. It's about how when African dance was in, like, in, got into the ballet world, how it affected everybody and what happened after. Okay, so they brought in a new teacher for this? They did. I think her name is Satou, S-A-T-O-U. 
And she has Sam, which is a lot easier to pronounce. And he's the drummer. He comes in with her and goes to class. All right. And, of course, our three stars, Julie, Lucy, and Aaliyah, how did they adapt to the new style of dance in their studio? Well, they all adapted pretty well. On the cover of the book, they made a joke, and it was everybody doing African dance, and then Aaliyah was still in her ballet outfit. Of course, there's going to be some mishaps because there always is. Like um, when Aaliyah was trying to keep switching back and forth, she um, got a little confused and started doing African dance in the middle of ballet class. (laughs) And I guess when you take so many classes a week, that might happen? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Trust me, it happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No doubt. So tell us more about the issue. What else is going on in the girls' world? Because as we know, it follows these three dancers and their friends and families. Uh, in their life as competitive and performance-level dancers. So what's going on with the girls? Well, one thing that's happening throughout the story, as you can see, is um, um, KT is taping a video for the studio's website of the girls dancing and what goes on in the studio. And Carla, our not-so-nice person, comes in and tries to be the center of attention and it never winds up working in her favor. For Like, when they're trying to dance, she uses up all her energy trying to get to the front and out dance everybody. But the camera did not have batteries in it. <laughs> so, Carla's desperate attempts at attention go awry. Not unlike other people yeah. we know. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, you mentioned KT. Now, who is that? KT is the hip-hop teacher that came in in the first issue. Oh, excuse me. Okay, I didn't um, remember that person. Yeah, and he's back throughout this issue. All right. So is there anything else going on in the lives of the girls? You know there's been some boy issues. Uh, and... Yeah, Tim is back. He's not as big, as big of a part in this one, but he's still there hanging out with Julie and stuff. Um, another thing that's going on is Lucy's parents got a divorce, and I don't want to say they, like, they found funny things that happened in it, like, Lucy kept coming in with different color bodysuits, because her dad would put her leotard in with the blue wash and the pink wash, so her leotard kept changing colors, and they were, her two parents would have a competition to see how well, they could feed her and different stuff like that. <laughs> so, a pretty serious topic, but they handled it uh, very lighthearted and made it seem uh, not unnormal. We yeah, see that definitely. Quite a bit. Good. And so, it is a lighthearted series. It's a fun series. It is. Um, and they introduced a new teacher, and they taught uh, African folk dancing. That's, uh, I think it's one kind of dance you haven't had to try yet, have you? I don't think I have on the top of my head. All right. So, uh, and they used to they had a drum in the classroom playing to live music. That's not uh, commonplace in a dance classroom. How did that go over? Not really. It was actually pretty cool because, um, 
they got to have the person and he got to interact with the people. And so in one of the scenes in the book, it he they're playing the drum and little notes keep coming up and it says it's a competition to whoever breaks first and uh, poor Sam winds up breaking his drum because he's playing so hard. Uh-huh. <laughs> so dancers one, drum zero. Yeah. <laughs> there's and like and like usual, there's other funny parts like you see them in uh, going ice dancing with the boys and they get it great because they're dancers and they just say, oh, it's just like dancing. Do what you do when you dance. So the boys start break dancing on the ice, and that was pretty funny. <laughs> break dancing on the ice. Now, they, they were allowed to go ice skating because I know there's a big mm-mm on ice skating in, uh, during competition season. I guess they were. I don't know. We're not allowed to, but. <laughs> it's a much more progressive uh, studio. Yeah, go ice dancing. Break your legs. Yeah. I think my favorite part of this book, I got to admit, when was when all the girls went into gym class. And because I like this part because I did it a lot, they start dancing in the sports. Like they're swimming and they're doing dance moves in the pool. And they're stretching on the tra- um, the track hurdles. Um, and that was a problem I had in gym class. Everybody would always put me on, like, Somewhere where I could never affect anything because I'd be over there turning. <laughs> <laughs> Put you in the corner and let her dance. Hope the ball doesn't Basically. Uh, this one, again, is written by Becca and Crip again. The same team is on. Yes, it is. Oh. I really like these books. So they're cool. Yeah, you seem to relate a lot to some of the things that happen. Um, and some of the things are very true to life. We talked about it. They must have had some kind of dance background because we see things hop right out of the page in real life. Oh, yeah. Uh, is, there anything that happened? is there anything that happened this issue that particularly caught your attention? Um, the, well, there was the gym class, which was pretty awesome. Um, another thing was because this happens all the time, especially with the younger ones. Julie's little sister, I have no idea how to say her name. It's like Capucine. C-A-P-U-C-I-N-E. Um, and her friends were all doing each other's hair in the dressing room because none of them could get it up themselves, which was really funny because I've seen us do that. I see that almost every day that you're at the studio. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> oh, so usually there's a big thing that the girls are building up to, uh, whether it's a show or a recital or some sort of performance. What's the big performance this time? Is there one? They did not have one this time because it was all about the new African class, so they really didn't add a show. Because it would have been a lot more going on. Okay, so they just kind of focused on the new teacher. And the new teacher was uh, no issues yeah. with the new teacher coming in. All the girls were uh, on board with the new style of dance. Nobody was like, no. No, we all, I think everybody seemed to enjoy it. I certainly did enjoy reading about it. But it was funny watching like how 
Do you add another style of dance or get confused? We already had like contemporary jazz. Excuse me, ballet, obviously. Cool. Now you've uh, you never actually tried African dancing that we can think of, but you've taken a lot of master classes and in, in forms you weren't comfortable with or had had experience with, I should say. Is there any of them that stick out uh, to you? Um, As a style of dance, something similar to what happened. Well, when we went to nationals the one year, there was a jazz style that was very funky. It was more like a jazz funk, and it was a lot of, like, head movement. So it kind of reminds me of this. It wasn't exactly the same because it didn't have, like, every move didn't have, like, you're doing this move, you're picking apples, you're doing this move, you're sweeping the floor. But it was similar to that. Oh, and we didn't have well, a lot there of you go. So, I'm sorry? Oh, we did, and the class didn't have a live drummer, so it wasn't as cool as the one in this class. <laughs> no, no, I think a live drummer in class would definitely be interesting. Mm-hmm, definitely. Awesome. So anything else uh, that sticks out to you that you wanted to mention about this ep- the issue? Um, just one more thing, I believe. At the end of the book... And I know that this happens all the time. As Julie starts dancing, she imagines that she's on stage. Like, she'll be turning and her shoe will come on, and then she'll have the makeup and the hair done, and then she'll be on stage as she's, like, just dancing through the classroom. But it, like, helps sometimes. <laughs> to picture yourself performing while you're rehearsing. Definitely. And then you can do it more awesome. out nothing wrong with that because that's what the teachers say before every rehearsal full out ladies yeah seriously all the time (laughs) I've heard it quite a bit all right so that is our review of dancers read dance class African folk dance fever now is the teacher sticking around we think we're going to see her some more or was she just a special class I think that she's going to stick around. I don't think she's going to be as big of a part as she was in this book, but I think we're going to see her in the next issue. She'll be making another appearance. All right. So awesome. If you're interested in the dance class series or you have a little dancer of your own at home who you think would enjoy the series, you can check them out by going to papercuts.com. You can check them out on Facebook as well. Or you can go to your local comic book shop and ask them to order it. It is in all the previews catalogs. That's where we get ours. We have them. We pick them up right at the comic book store as they come out. And you'll be back in February with Volume 4 as we move in right along. Moving right along. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit of Muppets. Very nice. All right, thank you so much for calling in. I know you have to get ready for a rehearsal this afternoon. I do. I do have to get ready for a rehearsal. I'm excited. Awesome. So enjoy that, and we will talk to you soon. Thank you very much. See you. Thank you. All right. Once again, that was Princess Maria calling back in on our regular Dancers Read Dance Class segment here. We'd like to stretch out and get comics into everybody's hand. Uh, I believe 
that comics are a great tool to get everybody reading and discussing, and the dance class is one of those things that you may not see because a lot of stores may not carry it, but it's a fun series, uh, obviously focused for dancers and uh, quite possibly little girls or boys who enjoy dance. So give that one uh, a look. It's a fun, lighthearted series uh, for all ages from Paper Cuts Comics. We're big fans of theirs. So that is that segment. Let's get ready for the six-shooter. The six-shooter is simply six comic books that I have chosen that I think you might be interested in for various reasons. It doesn't mean it's the best comic book that's on the market. It doesn't mean that I think they're super-duper awesome, even though I do enjoy them. I just think there's different things in here for people who may be interested in picking up different comics. And we're starting this week with one uh, series that's been on the blips a few times. It's one of the more popular, one of the most popular comic book series on the market. And that is, of course, Batman number 15. Uh, This is part of a storyline that they started months ago. Uh, Since they started the Rebirth Universe, Catwoman has been incarcerated, uh, heavy penitentiary-level type stuff, uh, straight-jacketed in. Um, She was part of Batman's covert mission to get the psycho pirate uh, previous issues, and uh, there was a mystery as to why she was on death row and the fact that she had killed a lot of people, uh, burned down an orphanage. uh, It was a big deal. And this last two have been a standalone kind of thing that spun out of that and will probably spin into the future. Catwoman and Batman share a, I don't know if you can call it romantic, interlude on a rooftop, uh, as they're prone to do in modern comics. But you also dig deeper into the storyline itself and you find out what exactly it was that happened with Catwoman to to end her up in that situation. Um, One of the fun things about this book is they referenced in the beginning, they were debating, honestly, uh, where they met. And it was a really nice bit of comic book history because each of them remembered it very differently. And Bruce, uh, Batman, remembered it uh, very much like Catwoman's first appearance in comics uh, when she was simply the cat and she was a cat burglar. Catwoman remembered it very specifically from Batman Year One, the Frank Miller tale. And they used the uh, art styles similar to both of those as they were discussing it. So I thought it was a great nod to Batman history and the history of Batman and Catwoman that's been going on literally since the beginning of Batman. Um, that really struck out at me. It was interesting to hear the history and the nods uh, to the Batman and Catwoman relationship in that book. Um, so it was, a, it was a fun book. Uh, 299 DC Comics, Batman 15. If you're a Catwoman fan or you've been following the series, hopefully you enjoyed it. Because I certainly did. Uh, my next pick here in the six-shooter, also a DC comic books. This one is one of the one-shots that are leading into the relaunch of the Justice League of America comic. And uh, we talked about it. Batman is going to be leading his own version of the Justice League, uh, Justice League of America. And it's a rather unique lineup. And they've been doing one-shots to highlight different characters who are going to be in the book because many of them at this point haven't been involved much, if at all, in the new DC Rebirth universe. 
And this was uh, JLA The Ray number one. And uh, take a look at Ray Terrell, who will be playing a part in the Justice League of America, of course. And it's kind of a revamped version of his origin from the late 90s series that introduced Ray Terrell, uh, son of the Golden Age Ray, although they really didn't get into that part of his history. We're not sure how the the timeline is going to play into those classic heroes that really haven't been a part of the DC Rebirth uh, since they were kind of wiped clean uh, way back in the New 52. So it's kind of a the similar origin. They've changed the character some. They uh, gave him a little more teen angst. Um, he's now a gay teen. Um, plays very much into his uh, reasoning as to why he comes out of uh, hiding and gets involved in, in superheroics. Uh, it's kind of an inspirational type tale. And um, I liked the new twist they put on the character. It was uh, a little more mainstream superhero-y in that, you know, there has to be some sort of defining role for the character, some something that springs him into action, and it was very interesting to see what this was. Uh, a lot of mysteries in Ray's character, um, but they kept him hopeful and bright, and that was the idea that he's the ray of light on the team. So uh, we've seen him and Ryan Choi, or Cho, as it was, sorry, Ryan Cho, two of the younger members uh, going forward to the new Batman Justice League. It'll be interesting how they play off the more experienced heroes like Batman and Black Canary when that series spins out of uh, Justice League versus Suicide Squad coming up. So they're still counting down. There's a couple more of these one-shots to go. If you're interested, JLA The Ray number one is $2.99 from DC Comics and came out this week as well. Uh, the next one on my list is one I've been looking out for for quite a while. It's a brand new series, WWE number one. This uh, I, I said it when I read their special. It was very interesting, their approach to this series, because you get all sorts of different approaches when it comes to pro wrestling and comic book series. And some of them try to take the characters uh, kind of a Lucha Libre slant and turn them into superheroes. Some of them try to tell uh, character-driven storylines like the Undertaker comic, which took his wrestling persona and, and made it really a supernatural thriller type thing. And then some try to stay in the world of, of pro wrestling. And that's what WWE number one uh, did. They took a storyline, a recent storyline from the WWE universe and added some backstory to it, stuff you didn't actually see happen on screen, but uh, added to a, if they were doing a movie version of that, they might incorporate. So you see more behind the scenes kind of thing. You, you hear what the character's thinking, you see some doubts. And it was really interesting because they did something in the book that at the time, wasn't a part of uh, the storyline. And you get to see the character kind of doubting himself. We're talking about Seth Rollins and the shield, the breakup of the shield, and him going forward winning money in the bank, and then cashing that money in the bank briefcase in at WrestleMania. Now, if you're a WWE fan, you understood what all that meant, but you know, if not, they do a good job of explaining uh, the, the character's motivation, his behind-the-scenes situation, and they, they linked it closely with 
is friends with the shield that he split off from. He turned on to, to get this push, but they added some other elements to it, which I think was really interesting. They, they incorporated uh, a few things that never played out on television, but I think enhanced the comic book storytelling. You know, the, the book is always more in detail than the movie. And that's interesting the way that goes. And I don't know how legitimate it is per WWE storyline. I don't know that they sat down with WWE people and said, hey, we have this idea. It, they could be going off on their own. Uh, really tough to tell. Um, but it was interesting to see. Uh, it wasn't just a retelling. They added a lot of depth to the story. Um, the art's interesting. It's always tough when you're doing a wrestling comic to get it to look as kinetic as the world of, of WWE. Um, they did a good job. Uh, a couple of panels were off. If you're, uh, you know, obviously I have a bigger inside view on these things and having seen a lot of what happened, it's like, it's not exactly the, the what I would do there, but it's a much more dynamic storytelling. Uh, that you're used to. They did a bunch of promotional materials to launch the series. Um, is a postcard with a really cool illustration. Um, it features, uh, I believe, it is the cover of the WrestleMania special. Um, it's some artwork I've seen incorporated with that. And it's got uh, Triple H and Daniel Bryan, uh, Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon and the New Day uh, in a collage type thing. And uh, their lineup for what they got, WWE Comics from Boom, uh, on the back of the postcard, you got Then Now Forever the One Shot, issues one, two, and three, the WrestleMania special in March, and then WrestleMania, or WWE 4 in April. Um, So they have a little checklist of what's coming out from there. They also did really cool little stickers of the WWE Universal Championship belt, uh, currently worn on uh, Monday Night Raw. So uh, some promotional stuff. They also did a bunch of variant covers with uh, different wrestling things over the years. And the issue itself had a backup comic uh, featuring the New Day doing some time traveling. And uh, they kind of riffed uh, Ric Flair wrestling a dinosaur, although I don't think they came right out and said it was Ric Flair wrestling a dinosaur. He just kind of behaved that way. So it's an interesting series. If you're a WWE fan, you should definitely check it out. It's uh, something a little different and fun. And uh, if you want to see what the WWE is all about, it, it may not hurt to pick it up. Uh, if Definitely hit your local comic stores and check it out. It's a three ninety nine book, and Boom Studios uh, puts out the WWE stuff, and uh, they have a close working relationship with them. It looks like they're going to be doing a lot of promotional stuff going forward. We might even see it on Monday Night Raw. Who knows? Ah, my number four. Moving right along this week. My number four book is Dr. Aphra number three from the Star Wars Marvel Comics universe. Star Wars Dr. Aphra number three. Dr. Aphra was a character they introduced in the Darth Vader comic book series. Uh, She's uh, a little bit of an Indiana Jones type character. She's an archaeologist who was uh, brought in to work with Darth Vader um, and her crew, which uh, the droids on her crew were very entertaining, Triple Zero and BT who are uh, assassin, crazy, death droids, uh, complete mirror images of R2 and uh, C-3PO, protocol droid and uh, astromech droid, but they're programmed for evil and destruction and murder, and their personalities reflect that. So it's quite entertaining, and I 
enjoyed the series. I enjoyed the characters in the book. The series. I was curious to see how it was going to go without the the huge connection to the Star Wars universe. But uh, this one was really interesting because um, the premise of the issue is Doctor Aphra's father kind of cons her into helping him uh, search for this lost civilization, and uh, the place they're looking for happens to have been an abandoned rebel base on Yavin 4. So it plays very much into the big history of Star Wars. Uh, it also includes a reference to Rogue One. And uh, if you've seen the movie, you picked right up on that. Uh, to my knowledge, it's the first time anything from Rogue One has flipped its way into the Star Wars comics. Um, Obviously, we'll probably see more of that going forward now that they can talk about it. But it was interesting for that fact. They talk about both Star Wars and uh, A New Hope, obviously, with Yavin 4 tying into it. They obviously also tied Rogue One into it. And um, it's an interesting series. It's a little bit offbeat. Um, in that you see a lot of familiar elements, but you know they kind of crafting their own way. It's it's in the Star Wars world firmly, so it's a kind of an expanded universe type thing for Star Wars. I don't know if any of these characters will ever be incorporated into anything else. But uh, as far as the comic goes, it's an interesting read for that fact. Uh, they, she kind of lives on the outskirts uh, of the Star Wars universe, especially now that you know, <laughs> if you're familiar with the series, you know why she's hiding from Darth Vader. So Dr. Aphra number three for your Star Wars fans out there this week. Uh, it's also the first comic from Marvel Star Wars that splits from the main universe, uh, which also makes it interesting because it's going to open up a lot of storytelling possibilities. Three ninety nine Marvel Comics on sale this week, and it's only at issue three, so it should be easy to, to hunt down if you're a Star Wars fan who wants to dig into that world and check out some Star Wars comics. Number five. This week is another book that I realized the last couple of weeks uh, I've been covering a lot of the Guardians of the Galaxy books uh, as they get ready for their relaunch. I think they're doing a great job of, of getting these characters um, to follow the spirit of the movie. And um, and get them familiar. And I've really enjoyed uh, both the Guardians main series and Rocket and this week's number five book, Star-Lord number two. Uh, they're doing a grounded storyline. Uh, they're all stranded on Earth, and they've split up, and it's kind of uh, soul-searching and finding things to do and what trouble they can get into on their own, even without help of the, the Guardians. And this one, sees Star-Lord. He's stranded on Earth. He's got no friends because he's never really been there, even though he's part earthling um the guardians aren't talking to him he other people he only knows in passing and a lot of them aren't big fans because it's star lord man legendary outlaw but uh he got himself into some trouble in the beginning of issue one he ends up with community service which is actually funny because he thinks he's going to be wearing his star lord costume and entertaining children he ends up doing something very different uh, which I think is a, a humorous take. Uh, he ends up in an old folks' home uh, and uh, paired off with uh, an elderly gentleman. And, of course, uh, since it's Star-Lord, trouble in, <laughs> ensues. 
and things go a little awry. And I think it's a, it's an interesting take. I know he's not going to be grounded for long since they're relaunching the series, but it's been fun to see these characters, uh, fish out of water stories as you get to know them. Um, I like that when I pick it up and I read it, it feels like the Guardians of the Galaxy from the movie, which it was my only shoe, and I never really enjoyed the Guardians comics before that, but I loved the movie. So the fact that they are doing such a great job of uh, making these characters accessible to people who only may know the movie, but it's still a good, firmly rooted in the Marvel Universe. Um, they're not ignoring their history there, and they're not... Um, making it just like the movie. They just feel like the characters. Like when Star-Lord talks, you can hear Chris Pratt. When Rocket talks, you can, you know, hear uh, Cooper speak, Bradley Cooper. And I think that's going to be, uh, lead to some success in the in the new Guardians thing, especially with the free comic book day and the relaunch coming. It's a good thing that when people pick up this book, they're going to be like, yeah, these are the, these are the awesome guys from the, the movie. So I really liked it. It's a pretty funny. Star-Lord gets himself into trouble. It's interesting take, um, like I said, and uh, putting, a, again, fish-out-of-water story. And, of course, he's still Star-Lord, so things never quite work out like he thinks. So that's uh, Star-Lord number two, 399 Marvel Comics, part of the grounded storyline that's running through all of those issues. I'm not sure about Gamora if that plays into the grounded storyline or if it's a past tale, I actually have to pick that one up, but uh, definitely have enjoyed Rocket and Guardians last month and now Star-Lord number two. Uh, the next one on the list is a big, big release for Marvel. It's the kickoff of another Marvel crossover event. Please don't groan. I did the same thing, but this one seems to be a little different. And uh, I like this one for a couple of reasons. At first, I was like, I am not reading another giant Marvel crossover because they've been so disappointing to me and to a lot of people that I've talked to. Uh, just big, overblown events where really not much happens. And uh, with their lateness, by the time it does happen, you've already known about it for months. And you still don't get a straight answer. But Monsters Unleashed was a little different. Um, in that, for one, for the first time in, in a really long time, Marvel Comics characters were not fighting other superheroes. <laughs> you know, it's, we've had X-Men versus the Inhumans. We've had Civil War. We've had X-Men versus Avengers. You know, big, honking, crazy-looking monsters. And uh, the artist on this one did a great job of creating some wild-looking, old-school Marvel monsters just come rocketing out of the sky and causing havoc everywhere. And uh, they have to kind of pull together. You see throughout the, the book, different groups and factions are in different cities fighting heroes. You've got the X-Men in one city. You've got the humans in another. You've got the Guardians here. And you've got, you know, the champions there. Um, so the whole Marvel Universe is pulling together to try to fight these giant monsters. And uh, the mystery, of course, is, is why and how these things are hitting. And it looks like at first I thought it was just going to be a – a fun, goofy little crossover thing. Uh, but it looks like they announced uh, Friday, a couple days after the book released, that there's going to be an ongoing series, Monsters Unleashed, that's going to pick up after the miniseries. And two of the characters in the series, Kai Kawada and Elsa Bloodstone, are, are going to be the leads of the series, along with some other characters and these big, crazy monsters. So whatever is coming out of this, you know, it's going to lead to 
um, uh, bigger things, of course, for the series. It's going to get its own series. Uh, the two characters I was really unfamiliar with, it, even though it seems that they've appeared in Marvel before, uh, I think Kai Kawada may be new to the series, but if his powers are what I think they are, it's really a neat uh, take on things and could be a lot of fun going forward. Um, Elsa Bloodstone, it seems to me, that even though I don't know the character very well, it's, it's a character that I think would be very popular in today, a female monster fighter. Uh, who's who's used to fighting, you know, vampires and werewolves and mummies. Now she's jumping into the range of 50-foot giant monsters attacking. And uh, I, I enjoyed the first issue more than I thought I would. Um, there's, of course, a lot of spinoffs and tie-ins that, that reach into this that make it a big sweeping event. I don't know how invested I'm going to get, but I'm almost certainly going to follow the main series, and then if something I see strikes my interest, I'll, I'll give it a read too. And um, we'll see how it goes. But uh, it, it's obviously a bigger thing than uh, originally thought, at least I originally thought, because so many of these crossovers come and go, and, and some of the monsters unleashed publicity got buried in uh, all the hoopla from Civil War since Civil War ran on so painfully long. It kind of got lost in, in the shuffle, I feel. But uh, big promotional leading into it now. They have posters and cards with a checklist on it. So you can uh, definitely hit your local comic store and grab one of those and see where and what you want to read. But uh, Monsters Unleashed, it was uh, $4.99, a little pricey, number one from Marvel Comics. Um, it was an expanded story. It was a lot deeper than your typical Marvel comic. Not deeper, but uh, thicker. Uh, so it had more pages to it. And it's going to be running for the next few months or so. And then we will kick into Monsters Unleashed, the series. Uh, Marvel's trying to bring back giant monsters to its world, something you don't see in comics a whole lot, except as you know, a quick passing plot point. But it seems that they want to make giant monsters a threat because it's become almost a cliche thing. They use it as background noise more than an actual threat in these types of modern comics. So interesting to see what they're going to do with that. They've got a long history of giant monsters in the Marvel Universe and plenty to choose from, and it looks like they're going to be creating quite a few of their own. So, that is this week's Maverick Six Shooter. And that also brings us up to about all the new show we have for this week. Uh, Like I said, lots going on. Um, They're ramping up their for some big things coming up in comics and television and movies. So there's a lot of tie-ins and promotional things going together with that. And we'll be following it all. And you can follow me out, follow me throughout the rest of the week as I comment and highlight things that I see that may end up on the show. For information on the show, my upcoming appearances, blog, and more, check out mavericksroundup.com. You can also follow me on social media, Instagram at Mavericks Roundup, on Facebook at Mavericks Comic Roundup, and now on Snapchat at Mavs Roundup. Add me on Snapchat as all the teenage girls post with duck faces all over the social media. You can read my weekly comic book reviews for the Totally Driven Entertainment Network by going to totallydriventv.com. 
new one just got posted, and there's one for WWE number one coming within the next couple days. Also, comic book reviews for the Comic Universe store in Folsom, Pennsylvania. Go to their Facebook page at Comic Universe. You can also follow my kids and family Star Wars podcast, Galactic Clubhouse, that I host with my daughters, Princess Maria and Little Maggie. Coming soon to Totally Driven. We were taping a new segment this week, so we're working on it. It'll, you'll be hearing more about it in the coming weeks. Galactic Clubhouse coming to Totally Driven. And I guess it'll be my third show on the network. So uh, very excited about that, and I'm enjoying all this. And I do thank you to the Totally Driven crew for having faith in me to expand. And speaking of which, you can catch H.W. Star and myself every Friday night at 9 p.m. for the L.A.W. Retro Wrestling Hour, uh, sponsored by Liberty All-Star Wrestling, and we discuss all the latest L.A.W. wrestling news and debate the greatest wrestlers, managers, and supercards, federations, and more from years gone by. And... uh, I have an appearance with Liberty All-Star Wrestling coming February 4th in Parksburg, Pennsylvania, and I'll be making an appearance at the Comic Universe store in Folsom, Pennsylvania, a few weeks after that on the 18th. So definitely there'll be more about that on the website and social media. And send me your pictures. Uh, If your kid's an artist, if you're an artist, if you want, send your pictures, mav at maverick'sroundup.com. We want to put them on the slideshow and highlight them on the show. It's something that's going to be cool. Let's see some of your comic book art. Let's see your original characters. Let's see your take on the Super Friends. Anything you want to do. Uh, We want to see it. Send it, send it, send it. Um, We're going to start posting submissions soon. I've seen a couple really cool ones already, so that's awesome. And uh, probably in the beginning of February, at every show, we're going to be highlighting and talking about some of those awesome artists out there. We want to see you create. That's one of the big things about comics is it's a springboard for creating. Writing, drawing, reading, lots of great stuff. And that's what Mavericks Comic Roundup is all about. And that's all the show we have for this week. So thank you so very much for listening in. Uh, Join us next week as Little Meggie is back with reviews of some recent My Little Pony comic books in Meg's Pony Roundup. That plus the six-shooter and lots more news. Uh, Thank you all for tuning in, and happy trails until we meet again.